All right, welcome, welcome back. Uh, this is uh, Frost and Nation. Oh no, no worries. We had some technical difficulties, um, but we're gonna start this um, recording over again because um, Kareem, you was um, hitting some good points again. This is my good friend Kareem. He uh, coming on to the uh, the stage with us and. Today, we just want to discuss Black Lives Matter, uh, Breonna Taylor, and protests versus rioting that's happening in places such as uh, Portland. Again, this is for Christ and nation. Um, Kareem, you was making some good points. Um, I'm going to let you jump in first, kind of, you know, recap some of the things that, you know, you you were saying. Um, We were talking about Black Lives Matter. Um, the movement versus the organization. Um, yeah. A lot of individuals aren't understanding this movement. And we gave the, the reference of, you know, Luke 15, you know, Christ will leave the 99 to go after the one. The 99, he still loves them, but it's that one. It's that one that is hurting and in need. And when we look at America right now, this this isn't a thing that happened overnight. It didn't just come up. It's been like this for hundreds of years. And and to understand that the black community as a whole for 250 years. They had to go through slavery for 250 years. They had to endure giving up their their freedoms and their rights the same freedoms they had in, in their own land as, as Africans and having to come over and endure slavery and giving up their last names, their full names, you know, to, to, to be, you know, more, you know, precise. And we are still yeah, having not- these social issues today. And dealing with it, yep. Dealing with the consequences of all of that. Right. And you brought up um, some good points, you know, that that we need to jump on, such as Nick Cannon. Um, Before we got cut off, um, I was about to bring up D.L. Hughley and uh, his tweet. And again, this is nothing against D.L. He's just tweeting out the information as it is. But a uh, this is the opening weekend for the Major League Baseball. Um, one of the players from the Braves, he basically said, you know, I didn't take a knee for the rest of the team because I'm Christian. And I had mm. to tweet and say, that has nothing to do with Christianity. Exactly. You know, you can tell me, hey, I just don't believe in Black Lives Matter. You know what? I can respect that. At least you're truthful. But to tell a bold-faced lie and use Christianity behind it, that's just dismissive. Right. And you don't nope. really understand Black Lives Matter. They don't understand that Christianity. I mean, that's the other part, too, you know, about being Christ-like. Christ didn't like, he just tasted against anything hypocritical and lies. Hence, reason why he always called out the Sadducees and the Pharisees about their so-called religious beliefs. You know, they're so focused on ritual that they forgot about the spiritual connection with the father. 
and that's why Israelites lost so much. But they skip over that part. A lot of pastors are afraid to even talk about that part because it leaves out a lot. It leads to a lot of other discrepancies and hypocrisies in their own preaching. But here you have people want to put their religion up in front of their human beliefs. It's a matter of people are dying systematically for years. But you want, I mean, for like Bishop Hulk, Bishop Giddens had even brought up, we listened to some of his messages over these last couple of weeks since we've been socially distancing from church and stuff. We're listening to this brother in California and the hypocrisies of the church. They were sustaining slavery for centuries because it was economically profitable. It was economically beneficial to them. Here now, you see that continuously. It's economic, economically beneficial for them to state, oh, well, you know what? All lives matter. It's not just about Black Lives Matter. Now, going back to the movement versus the message, if it was a real movement, this should be monetized. If it was a real movement, it, should, it could be monetized to now force further cultural change and aspects of lobbyists now going to the Hill and pushing these and forcing these politicians to make new laws. It's a blasphemous shame that lynching is only getting, it's gotten the furthest a bill to prevent it, an anti-lynching bill. This is the furthest it's gotten in D.C. on Capitol Hill. And it's right. 2020. Mm -hmm. We went through slavery being quote-unquote released it's 1865, now to this, to the Jim Crow laws, now to finally having this addressed. But people want to talk about all lives matter. I told this one person on Instagram, I said, and it happened to be, not even Instagram, I apologize, let me back up. It was on Messenger. We're messaging back and forth. And this person who I thought I knew was a friend, said to me, all lives matter. I told that person, this, this dude's wife, I said, all lives matter. And the husband was on it too, so I wasn't out of line talking to the wife some sideways kind of way. In this text, this message group, I said to her, all lives will matter when I see a white person be lynched and nothing gets done about it. Because until that happens, then all of a sudden, it will be like, oh, this is real. Because you can take my instance and put it towards pharmaceuticals or narcotics. It was never an issue. It was only in the hood. Crack. Ice. But once those pills and stuff started showing up in Beverly Hills and all these places up in Virginia and North Carolina, these high-end places, then all of a sudden it became an issue. It became an epidemic. It wasn't just an issue. It was an epidemic. We need to stop. We need, to, we, we need to really get a hold of this this issue. Until there's a feeling on both sides of the coin, then it's really not going to happen. I think what's happening now with the movement or this issue, with the situation, is that young people being off and having associations with people and witnessing it firsthand on videos, they are finally can't ignore it. They can't ignore it. And then they hear the rhetoric from their parents, and a lot of people are becoming disgusted. Like, 
how are you saying this in this day and age? Right. And I believe, how are you, you know, that, that point right there, with this younger generation in this technological era, we have all of this social media. You can't escape the truth any longer. You're, right. you're able to put it on Facebook Live. You're able to Snapchat it. It goes on to individuals' Instagram. You, you can't get away from it any longer. You can't cover up the truth because back in the 80s and the 90s, you know, we, you, you think about it. We used to say these things all the time growing up. Man, I would exactly. pulled over during a legal traffic stop and I would be told to get out the vehicle and it would be some sort of a, a raid illegal through your, your car. Yeah, that illegal search. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, great point. Great point. Now, going back to what you're saying about the baseball player, Jesus said he's the way, the truth, and the light. So how is it that if you're a Christian, you're afraid of the truth? Because where in the matter is that the fact that people now, not just black people, but people, a lot of people all over the world are talking about this issue. Is that not the truth? So if you call yourself a Christian, so-called Christian, then why are you afraid to take a stand? Because how can you not take a stand? If people weren't taking a stand, then let's let's talk about Moses. Did God com- not command him to do something? And if he didn't do that, would the whole exodus not have happened? So when he commanded Moses to go to Pharaoh, even though he backtalked against God and said, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not worthy, I stutter. And he said, take Aaron with you. But at the end, he had to talk to Pharaoh. And he had to do what God said. But if he didn't take that stand and realize that God could only do things through him, then guess what? That whole situation of the Israelites being exited out of Egypt would not have occurred. If that's the same situation, let's talk about World War II. If it wasn't for people standing, then guess what? There'd be a lot of people still in those concentration camps. Right. So how are people stating now and this whole I mean, before I even complete that thought why is it always black people that need to sit and pray? Sit and pray. You see how the words are? Sit and pray. Stay and pray. It's always a matter of non-movement. But everybody else when there's an injustice when there's something perpetrated against a group of people it's okay if you have that lighter persuasion to go out there and fight for your right. But for us, no, you just sit and wait. Sit and wait. Who are we waiting on? What are we waiting on? Right. The and- word doesn't teach us to do that. So if you call yourself a Christian and now you're talking against the the whole notion of, forget it, but there's not really a too much of it, the whole notion of Black Lives Matter, then you need to question your sense of religion or spirituality first but most people don't even acknowledge that but you need to question that because that is not a way god wants you to be portraying to the world right it's this notion of sit and wait sit and wait right and the lord lets us know because when a, a, a young man asked him what is the 
the greatest commandment. And Jesus responded to him by saying, love the Lord your God with all of it, all of your mind, all of your heart, all of your soul. But he said, the second is likewise, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Exactly. But that's the empathy portion of it. And most people don't empathize. the, The Christian view, you know, of the world, I believe, you know, and and I've heard this from, you know, a couple of, um, you know, pastors, Bishop Giddens being one, um, Dr. Poole um, being another one, that we have to, as the church, lead the way. You can't, you can't have the world go against the world. It's never going to happen. That's why Jesus let us know that a house divided against itself cannot stand. And when we look at that scripture, Jesus was talking about two different things. First, they accused Jesus of serving uh, Belizebub. Yeah. But Jesus said that can't be because the demons want to destroy, but I'm sitting here giving life. Correct. I, I can't be serving the devil because the devil has his own kingdom and demons don't fight against other demons because they serve one purpose, which is to bring destruction. But on the flip side, we as Christians can't be at each other's throats neither. Right. And when we go into another's perspective, America itself, America cannot stand if we're constantly at each other's throats as Americans, if we constantly divide ourselves black and white, Puerto Rican and, and Asian, if we constantly divide ourselves, this house known as America will not stand. And that, that yeah. with this younger generation who is seeing these things firsthand now, and the example I, I gave you back in the 80s and 90s, we didn't have social media. We didn't have all of these things being tracked and videotaped and nobody was taking our word for it in, in, in the black community. But now you just can't ignore the facts that are going on. Exactly. And, and this is why Christians have to lead the way. Yes, it's Black Lives Matter because it's the black lives being you know, destroyed and, and murdered in, in, in the street right now. It's these black lives that are, you know, being talked against, being brought down and being held back. And that's why when I look at these protests that are happening, I see a mixture of people. It's not just, you know, blacks that are that are out here in the marches. I see a mixture of everybody. And that's what what the, the Black Lives Matter is supposed to look like. Because if this was happening to white lives and it became white lives matter, it should be the same energy. Oh, exactly. And that's the same energy I was talking about. The same energy that happened when about the Holocaust. It was a unified march. So why should it be any different? This should have been happening centuries ago. But based on greed and economics, it wasn't allowed to happen. It wasn't allowed. Key word, allowed. If it was a print, allowed would be capitalized, underlined. 
you know, it's like because that's the matter of fact. The matter of fact is that black lives have been held up due to what reasons? You can name a plethora of reasons after reasons. You know, you put a semicolon there because there's too many. There's no reason but a lot of reasons why our lives are being held back from equality. Why haven't we got all gotten 40 acres of a meal? Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons why Martin Luther King was killed. Why was it that they only played part of I Have a Dream speech? The same reason why they've only played part of the national anthem. Because the truths are hidden. That's why they're called hidden truths. Because if they're truths, if they were so self-evident, then everybody would know. But they're hidden truths, truths that are hidden to prevent people from knowing the truth. And if you are a Christian, these truths you should hold dearly to and you should be seeking the truth. And for somebody to speak and say that they don't believe in this, then truly you need to question your beliefs and who your Je- who Jesus is to you. Not to right. me. Don't know. This is a personal relationship. That's why, again, the veil was torn. So you could have your personal relationship with Jesus to get to God. Because you cannot get to God through, except through me. That's what he. That's what Jesus said. So if you don't understand the scriptures, if you don't want to understand or even know the scriptures, then you don't want to know the truth. Again, because Jesus is the truth, the way in the life, the way, the truth, and the life. It can't go any other way but that. Exactly. If you don't want to accept that and you don't want to move towards that, then stop reciting that fact that you are a Christian Christian not being Christ-like. And that's what people need to hold people to carpet. If, it's, if you want to talk about, if we want to con- continue and say, like you were saying, you're right, we shouldn't be arguing amongst each other. But the fact of the matter, the immaturity of these people who call themselves to be Christian is really not there. There's the maturity levels because the knowledge that, okay, let's go into school. I can't talk to you about calculations about dealing with calculus if you haven't even gotten to past division, you know? It's like, how can we relate? You haven't excelled past the first steps. You got addition and subtraction, but you don't know your division. How can I talk to you about calculus? It's a level of maturity of learning. You have to want to learn and move on and move into bigger and greater things that God has for you. But until people see that, they'll never really understand the simplicities of saying something as simple as, Black lives matter without making it more complicated. Blue lives matter. White lives matter. All lives matter. Right. lives matter. And and that was my issue with um, this Braves player. And I don't have his name right now. It's just slipping my mind. Uh, so I'm going to have to look him up again. But when he said, I didn't take a knee because I'm Christian, you don't understand what you're saying. And at the same time, you definitely don't understand what you're not saying. Because well, Christ would be the under the microscope to now. go for the one. So well, if you're saying that you're a Christian, that means you would leave the 99 to go after the one just like Christ did. So for you to say, I'm not going to support Black Lives Matter because I'm Christian. The next thing is you're putting something on the table of all Christians that's incorrect. Exactly. exactly. You're putting, now you're putting a mark on us. 
you know, the, the people who do truly follow faithfully because you want to put a tag on yourself and try to make that an amends. Like, oh, okay, well, that's the end all that be all. It's like, no, you're, you're associating with yourself with something that you don't understand. But that's been done a lot. Yeah. It's been done a lot. Yeah, it, it, it was a, a bad comment. It it made him look more like a bigot than if he would have just said, you know what, I just don't support Black Lives Matter, so I'm I'm not gonna take a knee. Again, I would have much more respect for you as a man, an individual and American. And even if you 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 said you were a Christian, I would still respect you as a Christian because you're allowed to have your own opinion, but don't give a, a blanket statement as a cover-up so people can think that because you didn't take a knee, it should be okay. And, and that's the way I took it. Oh, I didn't take a knee because I'm Christian. He just said, because I'm Christian, basically for people to, to never mind the fact that he didn't take a knee. Exactly. Like, oh, my religious beliefs outweigh any other kind of social beliefs. And it's not it. And in, in reality, that's the farthest from the truth, because if that was the case, now let's talk about the Nick Cannon thing. If that was the case, that religion has nothing to do with socialism. Then what Nick Cannon said would never have any context. You see, because mm-hmm. you're going to speak mm-hmm. about somebody religious, religious, cultural aspects or quote unquote, wannabe cultural aspects. Now, then what does it have to do with socialism? If you don't want to mix the two, then you can't take that stand. But it's okay for one person to take that stand, but it's not okay for another person to take that stand. So what is that revealing? Again, social inequality. But most people aren't going to want to talk about that as well. They never want to talk about equality. The whole thing is based on equality. But nobody ever wants to hit up the equality. The whole mm-hmm. black life, if, we, if, it was, if, if there was ever equality, we wouldn't even be in this position to even be talking about Black Lives Matter. Exactly. Lynching would be a law. And I had to, okay, so about the lynching being a law thing. So Black Lives Matter, everybody talking about the, um, oh my goodness, what is it called about the, uh, the police homes? To, um, help me out, bro. Help me out, Corey. Um, what is that yeah. law that they have, that police have, that is, that keeps them from being prosecuted? Oh yeah, oh, and the thing is, I can't even um, bring it to, to yeah, thought right to now. But yeah, but anyway, I, so going going on, what I was saying is like, if that whole thing wasn't there, then these people would be able to be prosecuted. But it wasn't until all of this happening that most people, even white people, had no idea this is why cops weren't being able to be prosecuted. Right. So and and that that's you, a, a great segue you know, for us to go into the next segment talking about Breonna Taylor. But exactly. I, I really want to talk about her boyfriend, um, Kenneth Walker. Um, mm. What so, about, what about? So just to, to recap, if people don't understand what happened and why this Breonna Taylor situation is so big, um, the police got their SWAT team together. They was doing the raid. However, they got the wrong house. So when they bust through the door, they did not announce who they were. They did not present any warrants. They just broke through the door, 
guns already drawn, and four her, white people in a black man's apartment. Yeah, four white and, people busting your door in a black man's apartment. And they, you they didn't have on any uniforms. There was nothing that yeah. presented, you know, to anyone themselves. that they were police officers. So Kenneth Walker. Right. He grabs his gun. Now, keep in mind, he's a licensed carrier. He's a licensed right. carrier. Somebody just busts through the door. He gets his gun thinking it's a robbery. Something is going astray. And he fires. The police fire back multiple shots. They miss Kenneth, but they hit Brianna and kill her. Seven bullets. Yeah. And here is the issue. They broke into this couple's home unannounced. And the great thing is legislation has been passed where the no knock order is, you know, out the door. You have to present yeah. yourself with warrant before you can enter someone's home now. Yes. And so something good has happened from this but I'm going to give you a scripture and it comes from Romans 13 and I'm just going to read the first part of verse 1 and this is the NEP let every person be subject to the governing authorities so let Correct. every person be subject to the governing authorities this is the word now because right. to this day, those officers who have shot Breonna Taylor have not been brought to justice. Exactly. And th this is a travesty. And this isn't a, a, a black and white thing. This is a right and wrong thing. Because I would still say it was wrong if they were white, if they were Asian, if they were Native American, yep, I don't care what exactly. you were. I don't care what nationality. I don't care if this happened in the UK opposed to America. I really don't care about those things. What I care about is the fact that these individuals who were innocent, because they found out at the very end, oh, the person that we're looking for, this ain't even their home. Oh, on top of that, they were arrested before we even they got were already in custody. Yeah, they were already in custody. Yeah, already so, in custody. Wrong place, wrong time. What? How are they not in jail? How are these officers not in jail for committing a crime now? They committed a crime. It, it, it's, it's unfathomable for these officers to not be brought to justice in the, in the law that you, you spoke of, which protects officers in, in cases such as these. Oh, I got it, brother. Qualified immunity. That's what it's called. Qualified yes. immunity. Yes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes. And, and it's, it's a, a crazy law to, to basically say we've made a mistake. But, but I can't get prosecuted. keeps me covered. Exactly. No, someone lost their life. Yes. And that's why I gave the scripture from Romans 13 and 1. Let every person be subject to governing authorities. Allow the governing authority, in this case the, the, the courts, 
to make their, their decision. Were you right or were you wrong? But to, to right. stand idle and not bring these individuals in, that, that's, that's not justice. To, to tell the, the family of Breonna Taylor and her boyfriend, you know, Kenneth Walker, who did his job as the man of the house. It, it was commotion. There was chaos going on at the door when it got broke open and he wanted to protect her. She lost her life and to tell them, her family, to tell him she had a child as well and to tell that child, my bad. We, we made a mistake. Is that justice? Huh. And yeah. And that that's the that's the things that we have to look look at when we're looking at the social issues of today. You know, again, this is for Christ and Nation. You know, I'm Corey. Again, I'm joined here uh, by my boy Kareem. Yes, sir. Listen, that what you've been listening to is is not about race. It's about right and wrong. It's about exactly. the word of God and everything that we discuss here on For Christ and Nation. It's about looking at what's happening in the world. But yeah, because we are not in the world, the word of God is telling us. And right. the word says every person should be subject to the governing authorities. Right. And every person. I, every time I, I read about it and, and people are, you know, they wondered about LeBron James and when they opened up the bubble for the NBA, and th this is something you and I will, will, you know, definitely talk about in another segment. LeBron said, I'm, I'm not going to wear, you know, none of these messages on my back. And people right. yeah. couldn't understand, like, you're, a, you're an activist, you're, you're very vocal when it comes to things that happen socially in our country. Why are you now being quiet? LeBron never said he was going to be quiet. LeBron said, I'm not wearing any of those messages on the back of my jersey. Not my messages. Those are your messages. Exactly. And they didn't understand that. This isn't freedom of my speech. These are messages no. that you pre-approve. Because exactly. those are the That's only true. ones you accept. Exactly. The, the ones that don't make you I feel is where <laughs> is these killers of Breonna Taylor going to be brought to justice? You ain't going to yeah. let him put that on the back of his jersey. Exactly. Yeah. They're trying to make the NBA is trying to make themselves seem like they're progressive, that they're inclusive, but they're not. Oh, man, I lost you. Oh, yeah. So, got you. Oh, okay. I thought I lost you. Yeah, they want to make it seem like they're progressive. But they're, they're really not. Because if there was, why didn't you ask the people who were in the forefront? As big as LeBron is for the NBA, let's people ask themselves that. Why did they not contact LeBron James? Why did they not contact the head of the NBA's Players Association, Chris Paul? Why did they not contract Kawhi Leonard, the NBA champion from last year? The leader of that team. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Why did they not contract at least at least five of the prolific, if not ten, if not twenty, at least five? Five is the number of grades. Why did they not contact at least five of the pro most prolific players before they came to this? To sit down and discuss, give them a week to come up, talk to their fellow players, their feather, fellow brethren in the NBA, and come up with some tops, or at least say, hey, let us put whatever we want on there as long as it's not profane. But no, it's not inclusive. This is another so this is another way they're showing you that as long as we write in the checks, you're going to do what we want you to do. Right. And, and, and we really don't care about what you're saying. Yeah, they really don't care about what you're saying. perspective, too. Oh, man, that's even worse. And <laughs> is it's disappointing. I'm I'm a football guy, you know. I, yeah, you and me both. You and you me know, both. Played football, you know, up to the the semi pro level. I had a chance to play overseas. I coach football. I love football, but I've lost right. so much respect for the NFL. I've lost a lot of respect because when Colin Kaepernick was taking this knee, yes, they ostracized him. They told him how wrong he was and he needs to stand up. And, and, and again, I got to look at these things from a spiritual level. You want him to not take a knee, but to stand up to give glory to the flag. Now, Uh Fred Colin, He's taking a knee because at that time he knew it would it would make a scene. And he said this, I knew it would make a scene so we can start the conversation. Because if I never make a scene and I try to talk, it's not going to gain any traction. Yep, not going to get heard. Yep. So he knew what he was doing. But you want him to give glory to the flag. Now, you know, serving, you know, serving in the, in the United States Air Force, I've, I've had to do tours, put my life on the line, and I knew what I was doing when I signed up. My father was in the Navy for 21 years. I wasn't, right. you know, ignorant to what I was signing up for. I knew that going on a tour in the Air Force I may not come back, but right. you, you enter in and you know that my life is for a bigger cause and it's for America. And what Colin was doing was more patriotic than just standing up during the national anthem. And the reason not, why yeah. it was patriotic is I'm going to take the hit for this to start the conversation for America. Exactly. There's so many things that go into that whole aspect of the unpatriotic thing. I mean, of course, we all know that a member from the Special Forces community is the one that suggested to him, instead of turning your back or sitting down, just kneel. But that's what we do out of respect for fallen soldiers. What amazes me is that you get all these people all up and on. They want to voice their opinion. 
But then when you want to start talking about what's actually said in the national anthem or the fact that at 776 that they were still slaves, that we weren't even considered more than three quarter, three fifths of a man. All of a sudden, why have you got to talk about that? Because you, and then it's like, why does the narrative of the story always have to fall only on what the talking, the, the beginning talking point is? When you try, when a person of the movement, Black Lives Matter, anybody wants to come and they want to state, oh, you have an objection? Well, here's the reason. They don't want to hear the reason. It's like, oh, I just want to say what I say about objection and you just shut up and don't say anything. Mm-hmm. But if you were a really mature person, if you really had a talking point, if you can really debate, if you really can have a grown-up, mature discussion, you'd want to hear what I would have to say. But the fact of the matter is that you don't even want to hear what I have to say lets me know that it was always one side in the first place. It was always disingenuous for you to even bring up or even let me speak. But you just wanted to have your point taken, and that was it. You don't want to enter into a discussion. You just want what you said, do as I say, not as I do. And that's always been the attitude of people in this country, not a lot, not around, but not around the world. And what's sad is that what I find appalling is that there are so many people who have served who took the exact same oath. It doesn't make a difference which one of the branches you do. You take an oath against foreign and domestic. Right? Isn't that is that not the oath? You take it against mm-hmm. people who against foreign domestic enemies. Yep. But people still are on the same side of these Confederate statues. But you, they don't understand. But these same people like to flag the flag. But then you, in your disgrace, are disgracing the flag by what you're talking about these mm. other talking points. That's that's still that that's almost just as bad as the disgrace we're just saying that he's doing. So at one point you're saying he's disrespecting the flag by not saying a word, by kneeling. But you are doing worse in a way by disrespecting the flag by not talking about the people who are flying other flags that fought against that flag that you're so concerned about. So who's more disrespectful? The people yep. who are flying Nazi swastikas? People will find Confederate flags. They did lose. They did kill their own brothers, Americans. Decided to sit, to kneel on the advice of somebody who 10%, less than 10% of the country could never qualify to do is the special forces. He took the advice of a man who was part of the 10% of the country who can do this job of special forces, run into a firefight, but you don't want to take that into consideration. What's even more appalling is that Colin Kaepernick has military people in his family, but you don't interview those people. You hardly any interviewed people who are actually served. You only interviewed people who never served, especially the president. Let's talk about that one. I love this one. Yep. You went to West Point, a leadership school. You draft dodged five times. You did not graduate from said West Point. Who goes to West Point and doesn't graduate? You're sent there specifically because you're prone to getting good grades. So it wasn't the education factor, or maybe it was. It wasn't the leadership factor, or maybe it was. You don't have good leadership because you draft dodge five times. Mm. So the president of the United States, 
who is a commander-in-chief of the United States military, is talking about things that he has no reason to talk about. He doesn't have the honor in himself to be considered a knowledgeable person about the United States military. And he doesn't have, he didn't have the honor to even serve in the United States military because he refused to go five times. So why are Americans captivated by what this man child is talking about, about how he's just, people are disrespecting the flag. People have to look at the context of where the person who is talking, where are they coming from? Where, where's their background on sub set subject matter? Right. Do you, do you know anybody? Do you do it? Did you do anything? Who in his family served? Right. Who in his entire family has served? And but he's talking about the Bible tells us beware of those people with, who are tickling our ears. Yes. And and the, the way they tickle our ears is just saying something real, real good to you. It has no backing to it. And they fall into the trap. And the, the trap is the lie. And it's to get you from stop seeing what the truth is. And that's why Jesus had to be against the Pharisees who, who just wanted to do everything that they thought was by the law, but it was to make themselves look good. And we got about, you know, I would say four or five minutes left. And I do want to oh, touch okay. on, on, on protest. Yeah, we didn't uh, talk th- about this, that, right? Th- this, this goes, you know, hand in hand with it because taking a knee is a form of protest. Exactly. We have the Peaceful right protest. to a freedom Peaceful of protest. speech. We have the right yeah. to a freedom of expression. And again, me being a football guy, you're a football guy. When somebody right. gets injured on the field, what do we do? We kneel. That's what we do as players, out of respect. Out of respect for the fallen, we kneel. Exactly. And I just want to make this point as we we come to the end uh, of of this broadcast. Again, this is for Christ and Nation. I'm Corey. This is Kareem. Listen. Yes, sir. Listen. We kneel out of respect for the fallen. If someone gets injured on the field, we're kneeling. We take a knee. Yes. We, we pop the top, as we call it, because we take the helmet off. Yep. Colin Kaepernick and many other NFL players, they started something. Now you see it in every sport. And now you see it in, in, in all the genres. They are taking a knee out of respect for the fallen. Those black lives that were being murdered in the street in cold blood for the George Floyds, for the Breonna Taylors, for the Sean Kings. Mm-hmm. Ahmaud Arbery. Man, come yeah. on. Come on. And the, and the list keeps on going. Exactly. Unfortunately, the list keeps on going and growing. And, and still, people and, want to deny what's actually there. And they want to know why people are protesting. It's like people are getting tired of hearing it. If you get tired, of, you know what? Speaking of that, let's talk about tired of hearing it. If it wasn't for that, un, what is it called? The uh, unrighteous judge with yep. the lady with the issue of the, the baby. 
Mm-hmm. He say even though he don't believe in God and he's not a respecter of man, he's gonna bow to her will because if not, she's gonna nag him. Some scriptures say some um, verses or the scriptures say nag him to death. He wanted to just stop it. So that's what the whole point here. People are gonna get tired and tired and to the point they're like, you know what? We have to change it. That's the point and the purpose of the protest. Come on now. Do something peacefully without taking the arms and getting people to recognize first, listen, and then do something about it because it's about time. You cannot continuously sit here and ignore it and try to pretend like it's not there. It's been here. It will be here. It is not going away until people stand together, hand in hand, equally, and make it stop. You have to empathize with your brothers and do this. To God be the glory. People want to say that they want to believe that in God we trust, this country is built in God's favor, then we need to stand on God's word. Yes. And and that's the the whole gist of it. This this goes beyond black and white. This is uh, a, this is about good and evil. Yes. This is about what's right and what's wrong. And when we go to the, the book of Romans 6. It's it's my favorite chapter because this is exactly what it touches on. And I believe it's down to uh, verse 16. Paul is teaching the Roman church and he says, look, you can choose evil. What's wrong? And it's going to lead you to death. Or you can choose righteousness. And righteousness means doing the right thing, saying the right thing, thinking the right way. And that's going to give you eternal life. And all of that is through Jesus. So, family, we just want to encourage you that better days are coming. But we have to tell the truth. We have to talk about the truth. We have to bring it to the front porch like they our, our, our grandparents used to say. Put exactly. it out there on the, on the front porch. Let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. Because only when we do that can we come to an agreement. And the Bible says, how can two walk together except they agree? How can black lives and white lives walk together except they be agreed? And that's what telling the truth is. If we keep on walking in lies, we're never going to get past the hurt and the pain. We're never going to stop the, the killing and the murdering. Even when we talk about Black Lives Matter, yes, we have black on black crime as well. That's a whole nother conversation. And again, we, we, we cannot stand as a house if we're divided. So we have to stop that as well. But family, we just want to encourage you. We're praying for the islands of Hawaii. We're praying for South Texas. Both places are going through hurricanes right now at the same time and tropical storms. So everyone, please pray for Hawaii. Pray for South Texas because we are praying for all of you. Until we we meet again, again, I'm Corey. This is Kareem. And this for Christ and nation. God bless you. Yes. God bless you. Amen.